If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. This has to be one of my favorite episodes I've done with you guys. Well, typically this is what happens, right? When we, I remember when we were talking about even doing this episode, we're like, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm, right. But everybody's heard about protein. Yeah, that, that's the thing is you think it, it, we kind of take for granted and we think, oh, protein. We don't need to do yeah. talk too much about it aside from dispelling myths. But the reality is, you know, we sat down and we started to dive deep into the macronutrient of protein, what some would consider one of the more important macronutrients, although that's a little bit false. There's two essential macronutrients, fats and proteins. But when it comes to muscle building and fat loss and satiety, um, protein tends to shine. Uh, But the other thing that that sticks out or stands out is that there's a lot of uh, misinformation Mm -hmm. surrounding protein, a lot of uh, beliefs that don't seem to be, or that definitely are not accurate or sometimes outright uh, the opposite of the truth. So in this episode, we break it all down. We start out by talking about what a protein is uh, and talk about how it's one of the building blocks of your body's tissue. We talk about how your body breaks it down and absorbs uh, proteins. We talk about amino acids, which make up protein, including branched-chain amino acids, which a lot of your supplements will contain, and essential amino acids, which are also contained or thrown in a lot of supplements. Um, we talk about how it is, you know, improves satiety or, or fills you up more than other sources of uh, other types of macronutrients. Talk about the best sources, how vegans uh, should find protein. I mean, we break it all down. We even tell you the right amount of protein to consume based off of studies to maximize muscle building uh, and fat burning. So if you want to learn all about protein and know how much to take, when you should eat it, how much you should eat it at post-workout, pre-workout, before you go to bed, all that stuff and the myths, um, you're going to love this episode. Now, before it gets started, uh, I do want to tell everybody that MAPS Anywhere, our program that is uh, phenomenally successful and effective that requires no equipment, in other words, just your body and maybe some bands, very effective workout you can do anywhere at home, uh, on on the road, you could do it at work. That program is 50% off, so we cut the price in half. Here's what you do if you want to get that program. Go to mapswhite.com, that's M-A-P-S-W-H-I-T-E.com, and use the code ANYWHERE50, that's A-N-Y-W-H-E-R-E-5-0, no space for the discount. Um, and without any further ado, here we are talking all about your favorite macronutrient, protein. Dude, I want to talk about the most popular subject in our space. Like what, what what subject do you constantly get questions on and people want to ask The magical about? macronutrient. You, good job. Yeah. Protein. Yeah. It's always about protein, protein, protein. So I thought we should do an episode all about protein and then to kind of uh, to cut through all the all the crap because it's the most uh, popular supplements out there are geared around protein or amino acids for athletes or for people trying to build muscle or burn body fat. Well, I'm excited about this one because there's one there's a little bit of debate on uh, how much, and then also we've we've kind of gone back and forth ourselves on like what we've seen the most as far as clients, and so this will be a good topic I think for people in uh, an area that. Uh, I think everyone is going to be different, right? So I think mm-hmm. there's going to be some people out there 
uh, that are completely clueless. I think there's going to be some people that think they're doing the right thing that may not be doing the right thing. And then there's some people that may be hitting it out of the park and right where they need to be for whatever their goals yeah, may be. We should, we should start out by, by kind of talking about protein, just basic information about protein. It, like, it is, what is it? it well, it is a, it's one of the three macronutrients that you find in food. So the three are uh, proteins, carbohydrates, and fats. And proteins are essential. In other words, if you don't consume protein in your diet, you at some point will die. Your body will will fail to thrive. Um, it'll consume itself, and then you won't. You'll you'll be dead. So it's, that's why it's considered essential. Your body cannot produce its own complete proteins um, like it can with like, for example, carbohydrates are not essential. You could go the rest of your life and never have a carbohydrate. And uh, aside from maybe not eating good foods, or you know, maybe some some issues may pop up, but you're you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. In some cases, in fact, there are some cultures that. Uh, historically consume almost no proteins for very, very long periods of time. Um, excuse me, no carbohydrates for long periods of time. But protein's essential. You have to have it. Um, now, proteins are made up of amino acids. These are uh, polymer chains uh, brought together or held together by peptide bonds. So it's getting a little technical. But essentially, it's it's a bunch of amino acids. Nine of the 20 amino acids that make up proteins are considered essential. So what that means is some of the other amino acids, your body can produce itself, uh, but nine of them it can't. You have to eat these, well, otherwise you will not you will not live. Now, why do we have to eat them? What exactly is protein doing for our body that forces us to have to consume it to survive and live? Well, I'm not sure why we have to consume it. Um, probably because protein, you know, uh, humans evolved as hunter gatherers, and uh, we always we're able to survive by hunting and killing an animal and eating it. That's the greatest sources of protein. Although there are lots of plant sources of protein, the, the most rich sources of protein are, are animal. And so uh, the reason why humans evolved uh, with without needing carbohydrates is probably because there were long periods of time where they just were not available. You know, maybe during the ice age, for example, or, you know, when we're out in the in the wilderness and there were no consumable plants or sources of carbohydrates. But we always were able to find an animal and kill it and get our, our sustenance. So for whatever reason, they are essential. But our body needs amino acids for uh, as building blocks for our tissues. Everything. Skin, hair, yeah, nails. Bones, everything. Everything. Especially muscle, right? It's a, Muscle is comprised of uh, amino acids and proteins. Um, and you need them in order to recover, repair muscle, and build uh, muscle. And this may be why uh, protein is probably the most, I'd say, I'd say it's the easiest, most pushed supplement ever in the fitness, muscle building, fat loss world. Wouldn't you guys agree? Yeah, but I th also think that's rightfully so. Mm -hmm. I, I, in, in my experience, I remember when I first started like tracking clients' uh, food logs, right? Or going over their food logs. And when I would look at the, the average client. Now, mind you, the average client that I would have when I first started as a trainer would be a middle-aged mother trying to lose 30 or so pounds. And, you know, she doesn't exactly know exactly what she's eating. She's coming to me for that advice. And I would have her track her, her current food so I could kind of see where her diet is before mm -hmm. I actually would recommend anything. And what I found typically in that client, uh, they underconsumed protein. So my theory is that this is why it became 
uh, I think why we, it became like the, the fitness and bodybuilding mantra. Mm-hmm. You've got to increase protein, pump the protein more. So I, I really believe that it originally started at a good. Like I really mm-hmm. believe that you know the, the it was overall for the majority of people that were trying to learn about fitness and trying to build muscle and get in get in shape. I think the overall message was really pure and good. Now, there's th- a lot of controversy around that though, right? Cuz uh, Americans consume uh, more protein than most uh, developed nations, if not all. I believe we're one of the, we're either number 1 or number 2. Um, and when you look at the old supplement uh, companies, I, you know, I I've been Now the pro- I have a problem with that stat though. I, you to to say something like that, we're we're also Eighty uh, percent of uh, the nation is is overweight and overconsumed. Oh yeah, I'm not saying it's and a, don't exercise. No, I'm not saying it's a good or bad thing. Like I, the people, but people that exercise that are trying to get in shape yeah. lose body fat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I would argue underconsume protein. So yeah, as yeah. a whole, as a, as a as as a country, we grossly over but we grossly overconsume everything. We right. grossly overconsume sugar and carbohydrates right. and fat and everything yeah. because we're all fat. Yeah, we have the highest uh, consumption of protein because we just have the highest consumption. Yes, ex- exactly. But we, when I look first back, first place, USA. yeah, we win. When I look back to the, my career of training and the, and the majority of clients I train, and I definitely had both ends. So I want to make that clear that I've also trained people where I looked their diet and went, "Holy shit, why are you eating this much protein?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's due to the message that that you're alluding to, Sal, which is in the fitness and bodybuilding community, we've been pushing protein, protein. And now I think because it's turned into money, mm-hmm. because you know, if we if we tell you you need to eat one, two grams of protein per pound of body weight, most people start finding out how difficult that is to do that through whole foods. Yeah, like you said, I think it started in a good place, but then it just got exaggerated with athletes, with bodybuilders, and you know, it, it was this mad rush to be able to consume as much protein as possible because that was completely, it equated to muscle gain uh, specifically, how much protein you were consuming. So now everybody's drinking a shake in between every single meal, and it just got out of hand where you know the 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 source of it too it was all from protein powder yeah well you know we've known this actually for a long time that consuming higher amounts of of meat in particular uh and then protein you know uh not so specific in combination with training or whatever results in, in in better uh better results we've known this for actually for a long time if you look at uh you know texts from the greeks or the Romans with like the gladiators, for example, you hear about diets that were higher in animal proteins and animal, you know, uh, meat consumption. Um, old time strongmen and bodybuilders, way before supplements even existed, would talk about the the best diets to become strong, and they would talk about eating lots of animal meats, uh, uh, proteins, uh, milk, dairy. Paul Anderson, one of the the most decorated Olympic lifters of all time, uh, American lifters of all time extremely strong. Um, I mean, you look at some of his lifts, even today are, are shocking how powerful this guy was. And he would literally go out to his barn and he would get gallons of whole milk and he would squat and drink milk in between each of his sets. Mm-hmm. So we've known about this for a long time. And then when the supplement industry kind of developed, like we knew, like protein is a building block for muscle. If you eat more of it when you're working out up to a certain point, you're going to build more muscle this is an easy thing that we can turn into a supplement. Not only that, but you know, for a long time, getting good sources of protein was expensive. Mm-hmm. Maybe not so much now. Like today, Americans consume meat pretty regularly. But you know, you go back seventy years, eighty years ago, 
it was very expensive to have steak. It was like a yeah. big deal for families to be able to have like a, a piece of steak uh, for dinner. And so uh, protein powder companies were like, oh, we could take dairy, turn it into this protein. It's convenient. And so the supplement industry was kind of born on that. Those are some of the first supplements. Some of the first supplements that Arnold Schwarzenegger supported uh, were these, uh, these you know, dry milk um, type protein powder type supplements. Um, now, protein uh, calories per gram is relatively low when you compare it to the other. It's actually very low when you compare it to the other essential macronutrient, which is fat. You know, one gram of fat has more than twice as many calories as one gram of protein. Right. This is probably why cutting fat out of your diet was for a long time considered an easy way to lose weight because it was a very easy way to lose, uh, to cut calories, right? right? You cut, you know, 10, 10 grams of fat out of your diet, that's 90 calories. 10 grams of protein is only only 40. Right. Um, protein also, we now know, is the most satiating of uh, macronutrients, meaning if you eat a high-protein diet, you tend to not want to eat that much more food. This is yeah. one of the reasons why people have so much success with diets like the ketogenic diet, the Atkins diet, the paleo diet. Just high-protein, yeah. fat-loss diets. Yeah, because they're higher higher in protein. And I know keto is typically a moderate protein, high-fat, but for the most part, the diets that are protein-rich and lower in the carbohydrates, it's mm. part of that is because just... And I, that was one of the things I experienced. I remember when I first started eating a high-protein diet was... I noticed that I was satiated all the time. Oh, yeah. you know, one of the one of the worst parts about having carbohydrates. Yes, it's great for energy and for athletic performance, and you know most carbohydrate foods taste really good. But part of the problem with carbohydrates is when you eat it, it seems like another half hour hour later, I want more. It spikes up that blood sugar, spikes up that appetite. It makes me want to eat, consume more of them. Where it's not that way when you eat a high protein diet. In fact, when I was a kid, um, like you, Adam, I was skinny, right? So I wanted to put on uh, muscle and weight, and I, I considered myself a hard gainer. And early on, I understood that protein was something that was important for muscle growth. And so I would try to eat a lot of it. But as a kid with a very fast metabolism and someone who had a tough time gaining so weight, hard. Yeah. it was very difficult. Yeah. And so I didn't, so I would just eat lots of, I would try to eat lots of meat. I would take protein powders, I would drink milk. But I'd get so satiated and I wouldn't be able to get enough calories. And I figured out later on, oh, if I eat carbohydrates, yeah. I'll be able to get more calories in, in my diet because it, it it's making me want to eat more. And it took me a long time to figure that out. Did yeah. you guys ever wake yourself up in the middle of the night to drink a protein oh, shake oh, yeah. just to try and gain weight? Bro, I, you, I, did, did we all the, do that? The first, I did it, definitely. The first mini fridge I ever bought was for that exact purpose. I bought a mini fridge. It was right next to my bed. Alarm clock was on top of it. Set an alarm at like two, three in the morning. Yep. And right there, I had all these. Back then, it was a Myoplex ready yeah. to drink protein drinks. An alarm would go Mac off gamer. middle of the night. I would slam it and then go right back to bed. I did the exact same thing. I had a I had a shaker cup and my my jug of you know Mega Mass five thousand whatever the number was at that at that time. And I'd wake up in the middle of the night and shake my cup real quietly so my mom didn't freak out because remember I was I was young. I was like 16, 15 years old when I was yeah. doing this. So, but a lot of this was based off of of myths, which um, I think we'll get into later in the episode because because protein is essential because it's important because a higher protein diet does contribute to better muscle gain. It does satiate you better. Uh, so it's better for fat loss in that respect. Because of all these wonderful things, protein has been turned into this magical macronutrient where you just can, can you can't yeah. consume too much type of deal. And it's which fortified is, on everything. Now. Yeah, and then lots of myths around it, like you know how often you eat it and how much you can eat at a serving at a, at a particular sitting. 
a lot of myths that surround it that I think eventually we should go into. But before we do, um, and this may sound basic, and here's the thing that surprises me each time we do one of these episodes, is there's a lot of things I think sometimes we take for granted that we forget because we've been in this space for so long that we think, oh, everybody knows this information because it's basic. Um, and then oftentimes I'll get DMs with people asking me this question, like I should have covered that. And so I think as basic as this may sound, I think it's important we cover the best sources of protein. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. You know, like like for me, the animal sources are by far the best in, in the sense that they're the richest source and the easiest way to consume high quality, complete sources of protein. So, And, and a lot of that is because of all the other micronutrients that you also get that accompany meat, right? There's that, but it's also just dense. It's dense in protein. Like to get 30 grams of protein from a vegetable source, you have to consume a lot. Yeah. Right, or a seed or a nut. Yeah, exactly. Right. To consume 30 grams of protein from an animal source requires, you know, how many ounces of, uh, of chicken would that be, Adam? Right, for 30-something grams? Yeah. yeah. Six ounces. Six ounces, a small piece of chicken. Right. 30 grams of rice, of protein from rice or protein from wheat, or from nuts would be a very, very large serving. So your easiest source and your richest source of proteins come from animal sources. So this is chicken, fish, uh, eggs are my favorite. Um, eggs, in fact, uh, are rated as one of the highest quality sources of protein uh, till this day. Um, and we'll get into that in just a second. Um, dairy, another very uh, good quality source of protein. Now let's talk about the the vegan sources of protein. Mm. What are like because there are some vegans that are, that you know don't eat meat for right. So seeds, nuts, seeds, yeah. nuts, legumes like yeah. are good on some yeah, level. Yeah, so there are certain grains that are yeah, higher in protein. Um, I you know protein supplementation for someone who eats meat and has a balanced diet usually not necessary. Mm. Protein supplementation for a vegan. Very beneficial. I, I, my experience when I've coached and worked with vegans, they benefit the most from supplementing with protein. Just because, again, because it's harder to get, yeah. uh, you know, that protein without getting a bunch of other, you know, carbohydrates and calories type of deal. Well, I would say that with any, uh, I mean, going back again to the, my client, the the typical client that I would have. Um, I don't know for you guys, but for me, uh, even even the female client that wants to lose thirty pounds, when she would start tracking her calories and her food was still only eating like 1,500 to maybe 1,800 calories and still struggling to lose weight, which is just a, a so low amount of calories that if you were getting your, your protein requirements every day, you'd have to be getting it from a very lean source of, of meat uh, and eating a lot, a majority of just that, which that wasn't the reality. That's you, tough. Right, mm -hmm. it's tough to do. So uh, I would say that a, a lot of the, the clients that, I, that they first came on uh, they were not getting enough um, protein for their mm. diet. So, mm. I mean, that's th – th and this was something that of – I don't want to say it was of debate. I just think that we we have a little bit more – or a little bit different experience with the, the majority of clients that we had because one of the fastest ways that I could help a client out was to, you know, introduce weight training and bump protein, you know, 30 to 50 grams depending on who I was talking to because for the most part – the clients that I took on were uh, grossly under-consuming. Their, yeah. their, their diets were probably just super high in carbohydrates. Yeah, high, and what's most – so when I talk about – when I looked at a diet, when I looked at the most common things that I saw were overconsumption of carbohydrates, primarily sugar, uh, and the under-consumption of protein, the under-consumption of fiber. 
And those were normally the main things that I would have to adjust. What's funny too about that is uh, it's probably because their diets were high in processed foods. Right. It's heavily processed foods, historically low in protein, low in, in fiber. And the funny thing is uh, if you want to get yourself to feel more satiated, uh, what are the two things you can increase in your diet that'll make right. you fat protein, fiber, protein, and of course fat too, but fiber and protein, those two things so, yeah. will make you feel like hundred percent. You don't want to eat, you know, you don't need to eat too much. Right. Well, so just back back to the to the vegan uh, side of things. Like one of the uh, also more benefits to eating uh, animal uh, based protein. I mean, creatine. Oh well, yeah. The, the animal animal products also contain other nutrients. You know, There's other nutrients that beside that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You get the yeah. If you're a vegan, supplement with creatine and oftentimes a protein, and that'll just blow your mind in terms of. How much better it benefits, all kinds of things. Yeah, in terms attached of, to that, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's a great source of protein that I don't hear a lot of people talking about anymore. That was relatively popular when I first became a trainer. Hmm. If you can tolerate dairy and you want an inexpensive, lean source of protein, cottage cheese. Oh yeah, cottage uh, cheese yeah. was just that was a staple back in the you day. See, yeah, you see bodybuilders doing it all the time yeah. in their bowls. Yeah, and cottage cheese is. A pretty, it's relatively palatable. It's not like a gross tasting anything. Right, right. You could throw a little bit of fruit in that, and you've got yourself a very easy source of good 25, for the, 30 Good grams. for the gut, too, yeah? Yeah, um, I don't think so. Is cottage cheese fermented? I don't think it is. You yeah, can, no. I, I think, can't you get it fermented? I believe you can. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And get some of those beneficial bacteria. Uh, cottage cheese is a great source. Canned tuna, these are cheap sources of, of high quality protein. Mm -hmm. I used to eat them like crazy. Greek yogurt. Greek yogurt, another great source. And you can even get it non fat. So if you're looking for, Low calorie with protein, you know, non-fat Greek yogurt. The what's that brand? Fage. Yeah, that's is that how you pronounce yeah, yeah. it. F A J A. F A G E. Is that what it is? I think so. I don't know how to spell. I don't, I don't know. It. Yeah, I, you're asking the wrong guy. I think that sounds what, right. Doug's yeah. making the face like Fage. he knows. Fage. Fage. Yeah. Fa I think it's Faye. Faye. That's how you say it. Oh, we're way I off. I think so. What the hell? Doug's so cultured. You know who's cultured <laughs> in this room? I'm cultured like the yogurt. He's yeah. <laughs> Doug. We need one of us at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, as, as far as protein quality, there's a few rating systems that they've used to, to rate the quality of protein. Uh, there's BV, which is biological value. Um, and then there's something, uh, PER, I forgot what that stands for, the protein something uh, value. There's these different uh, rating systems. And BV is the one that I typically will look at. And, and, and the technical definition of this is, is it's measuring the proportion of absorbed protein from a food which becomes incorporated into the proteins of the organism's body. Okay, mm. so what does this mean? Well, this means that less protein of a higher value is going to give you the same benefit as a higher amount of protein from something from a lower value. Now, an example of this would be comparing uh, grain-fed beef to grass-fed beef, correct? I don't know if that changes the BV value of the protein. I know that that changes the fatty acid Profile, but here's a here, this one's a clear example. Um, if you got your proteins from legumes, for example, mm -hmm. it's going to be a lower value than eggs. Eggs are the the highest biological value. So it's, that, the, it's the amino acid cons, uh, uh, composition of eggs. So is it is the bio, is the biological value then in relation to all the other uh, micronutrients that you're getting with it? Is that why? That may may be. I think it has more to do with the amino acid profile of because mm. because proteins have different amino acid profiles. For example, uh, if you have collagen protein, which here's something interesting about collagen protein. For all intents and purposes, collagen protein is not a great protein. If you were to compare it 
on a gram per gram basis, it's not, if you just had to consume one type of protein your whole life, you probably wouldn't want to pick collagen because its biological value isn't very high. The irony of that mm. is we've seen an explosion of that in the last couple of years. Yes. Yeah, because there's been a deficiency in us actually eating organ meats. That's what it is. We don't eat the the cartilage and the sinew of, of animals. And we do get a lot of animal proteins, people who do eat protein. Mm. We just don't get a lot of collagen protein. So it, so that's the other thing that you know biological value, It's you know you can look at it. But also, when they do these studies, they don't do them in context of like a big diet. It's like just this protein mm-hmm. and just this animal in the in the context of the study but if you're eating a wide variety of proteins like if you have a lot of you know if you have meat and chicken and you have eggs in your diet then collagen protein can be very beneficial because collagen protein is higher in like proline for example which is an amino acid that's not super high in other types of proteins whey protein for example the the gold standard for bodybuilders the irony of that was that you know they used to throw whey protein away back in the day when they would make you know, milk products, they would scoop it off, skim it off the top of the milk and and throw it away. But whey protein is very high in the branched chain amino acids, which are the amino acids that have been connected to better recovery, uh, better athletic performance. It's just a high quality athletic performance type of protein. Um, Collagen is not very high in the branched amino acids. Um, But that's why it's important to kind of, you look at these things, but then look at them in context. Like if all you do is eat the same protein all the time, you're going to benefit from having different kinds of protein. The variety. Um, yeah, so variety is, is, is very important because proteins have different amino acid profiles and, and they see, it seems to work better. Well, wouldn't you say the way. same thing goes for that with getting it in whole foods too, like comparing when we compare fish, chicken, turkey, beef? Uh, you know, it, they don't they don't just come. Okay, that's a good source of protein, but making sure. So, what I always try and do in a, in a week is kind of look at my week, uh, like a snapshot of it, and go like, okay, am I getting some fish in there? Am mm-hmm. I getting some white meat in there? Am I getting some red meat in that's there? That's such a good point because what a lot of people do, who a lot of fitness enthusiasts do, just make the same shit. Yes, is they find their protein source, and then that's all they consume. Yeah. All they consume for protein is that that protein source. So when you ask them, hey, what do you eat for? Where do you get your protein from? Chicken. Right. Or, or, or two, maybe. Chicken and dairy. Or, or, or tilapia. Chicken. Yeah, or tilapia. Yeah. Um, and you're totally right. The other thing, too, is consuming the same, the same food all the time. If you have any gut, if there are any, you know, gut inflammation that's present, it could uh, create an environment that produces uh, a food intolerance. Because if you have gut inflammation, you know, that, that food can be recognized as a foreign invader. And if that's all you're eating, all of a sudden you go from someone who, I used to be able to have dairy all the time to yeah. I can't have dairy anymore. It, it causes problems. Well, I've noticed that from not eating enough fish and, and you know, the omegas and everything else that I was deficient in, you know, and testing that and, uh, and then trying to incorporate and making a point of seeking that out was mm-hmm. important to me. Yeah. Now, it's, now the, the whole, the side effect or the drawback of the protein is the essential protein is needed for recovery. It's satiating. Like all this good news is that like anything – um, the people take it way too far. And uh, studies are very clear on what an optimal amount of protein is for muscle building and athletic performance. There's an optimal amount of protein for longevity, which is different, by the way. The optimal amount of protein for longevity is lower than the number I'm about to give you, which is the optimal number number for performance. And we've talked about this on other on podcasts before. And performance includes building muscle for people that are listening and trying. Yes, and we've talked about this before. Like maximum performance is not the same as as maximum longevity. Like if I work out to build the most strength and most muscle, 
that's not the best workout for just longevity. Now, uh, I don't want people to freak out and think, oh, I'm taking years off my life. It's just something to be aware of and to mix them up a little bit. Like you, if you max your performance all the time, constantly, then yeah, you may cause yourself some problems. And the same thing with protein intake. This is probably why fasting, uh, one of the reasons why fasting has got so many benefits and why I recommend people every once in a while throw in some low protein days. But nonetheless, the science is almost 100% clear that the optimal amount of protein for performance, muscle building, recovery, strength, all that stuff is about 0.6 to maybe one gram of protein per pound of body weight. And to be clear, it's, it's more like 0.8, 0.9 grams, but we'll round it off to one. So about 0.6 to one gram of protein per pound of body weight, but get this, in relatively lean people. So if you're somebody that needs to lose 50 pounds of body fat, don't use your body weight. That'll be too much protein. Right. It'll be way too much. Use your lean body mass is where I would say. So if, so I weigh right now uh, about 195 pounds. My body fat, I'm relatively lean. So I'll use, I'll, I'll just say my body weight is about 100. I'll take five pounds off, about 190. So I'm aiming for anywhere between 150 to 190 grams of protein a day for maximum benefits. And the studies show that more than that, doesn't give you any more benefits. Yeah. Not that it's going to harm you necessarily, although... Well, can you talk about mTOR at all in terms of the extreme of that and like what they're worried about? Yeah, well, M mTOR is something that... So in, in the context of an unhealthy diet and lots of inflammation, high protein can be bad. It actually can be bad. So if you took... And this is in the context of a bad... So it's like you're a smoker, you eat a bunch of shit, sugar, crap... But then you also go lift weights and you take steroids. You're like, I want to get big. And so you're eating a shit ton of protein. That's probably doing you more damage than anything. Um, in the context of cancer, if you took a cancer patient, uh, in, in many cases, lots of protein will actually feed uh, the cancer, just like uh, sugar will. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, there's there's no benefit to eating more than that 0.6 to 1 gram of protein for 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 lean individuals. It just doesn't do much more for you. Now, if you want to eat more than that because you like it, there's nothing wrong with that. If you're otherwise healthy and you have a good diet, you're probably okay. But we need to clear that up because a lot of protein powder companies and supplement companies will have you believe that, I mean, the hardcore ones especially, two you grams of protein. enough. Oh, yeah. yeah. Two grams of protein per pound of body weight. I've had uh, females, uh, you know, uh, clients show me what their food logs look like. And I'm talking about women who are 140-pound average-sized women, not overweight, and they're, I'm like, why are you consuming 250 grams of protein or 300 grams of protein? Oh, because my old, my last coach told me that that I need to eat that much protein because it's going to make me leaner and build more muscle. I'm like, okay, I think I know why you have digestive issues. Like, I think I know why you're, you're feeling inflamed in your joints. And I think I know why your sleep is off. You're eating way too much damn protein and probably not enough of the other you know, macronutrients. I find this common in like your, your competitors. So, Definitely. Yeah. and I also have this theory and I think we've talked a little bit about on the show that, um, I actually greatly benefit from being a person who came from first the camp of thinking that I needed to eat just ungodly amounts of protein and doing that for years consistently in order to build muscle to now realizing that, wow, when I have these days where I actually protein fast, or have a really low protein day, and then I go back to eating protein, I feel like my body responds to that 
yes, better. Yes, yes, yes. And to me, it just makes sense with anything else, whether it be drugs or food or anything else that we do, that you you oversaturate the body, and the body can only really utilize it for what you're trying to intake it for, for so much of it. And then the rest of it doesn't really matter. So one of the best things, and I always use this analogy of, I envision like a, like your muscles being like a, a sponge that are wanting to suck up all these nutrients. And if you're constantly running water in, under the faucet over the sponge and running and running, so much of it just kind of goes through and you don't really get anymore. And then to every once in a while, wring the sponge all the way out and then stick it back under the water and it seems to just uptake all of it. I feel like that's how my my muscles work with with protein. Yeah, your anecdote, um, there's evidence to support that. Um, it's not, it's not uh, super clear evidence, but there is evidence that shows that Frequent high feedings uh, or frequent feedings of, of high protein diet causes your body to become, uh, for lack of a better term, desensitized to the protein, to where your body doesn't respond in the same way as it would, and more of the protein is used for energy and less of it is used for muscle building and recovery. Wouldn't you say that's like a similar mechanism as, uh, you know, taking caffeine in? You the first time you take caffeine in, you get this incredible stimulant from it and it works amazing. You take it in the next day, the next day, the next day, and then it just you and it starts to desensitize, right? I, the the body's an adaptation machine. It does yep. this to anything. Anything you do a lot of, your body starts to adapt and readjust to and it loses its initial punch. This is true for I can't think of anything this is not true for. It's almost true for anything, right? Like like you go in a sauna, and you'll find that you'll only be able to be in there for 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Use it every day and watch what happens. Your body gets better at it. And it's true for almost anything. And I think you're right when it comes to protein. Um, and again, the evidence suggests that that's true. I've noticed that. I've noticed that if I go high protein all the time, and then I have a day where I used to do vegan days. Now I just fast. But I used to do vegan days where my protein intake would go from 150 to 190 all the way down to as low as like 40, 30 or 40. And then I go back to my normal protein intake. And it was like, first of all, I didn't notice muscle loss from the lower protein day because my calories are still, you know, decent. Then I went and ate, ate high protein again the next day. And you're right. I feel like, holy cow, I'm getting better results from this. Um, so I think, and this is now for the average person who's listening who eats a low protein diet, probably not going to benefit. Well, you. the opposite is true. The person who is eating a low protein and, and the client, like the, explaining the client that I was talking about, has been flying low for so long that all of a sudden you you throw in an extra twenty or thirty grams of protein a day and they're and they're lifting weights and they notice a huge yeah. difference from that. Now take that same person they've been training with me for two three years now and we've been dialed and and consuming plenty of plenty of protein. They would greatly benefit from me saying, okay, now let's take a day of fasting or let's restrict for a couple of days on low protein and then go back to that again. What's the mo what's the highest protein intake you guys have ever done for, on a consistent uh, basis? Oh, personally, uh, yeah. Probably two and a half. Really? Yeah. Really? Mm. Two, and two probably. Yeah. Really two and dude, I did no joke. I was like, oh, I was like dedicated, right? I'm gonna build muscle and okay, protein. And I remember I read this stupid article in I don't remember what magazine it was, maybe Iron Man magazine a long time ago. And this guy is like, you know, who was oh, I think it was Nasser L somebody. Do you guys remember Nasser? Yeah. He was this massive bodybuilder in the nineties. He passed away, I believe. And he uh, he talked about they they asked him because he went from one year to another year his his look totally changed like he all of a sudden gained all this crazy muscle, and they asked him in the magazine what well, what was it and he goes I just doubled my protein intake and when I thought I was eating too much I just made sure to eat more and he was consuming 
I want to say 600 grams of protein or something like that a day. Now, of course, what he didn't tell you in the article, which I was a kid, so I was you know ignorant to this. He didn't tell you that he, he had the genetics of a, you know, of a of a silverback gorilla and was on more steroids than I'd ever seen in my entire life. Right. Right. Now that now that does change things, right? So when you are taking and and I think we should address this because I know we have listeners that take anabolics and are competing. When you do take steroids, the number does go up a little bit. I would assume so. I don't know how much though. So, so I, I thought I saw who was it? Because I, I don't think there's any studies that have been done. I on that. thought I did see. I want to say it was Dr. Andy Galpin or Lane or somebody. Some a credible source had shared a study that was showing that uh, up to like 1.5. I would I would think that's probably right. I don't think it would go up to like two or three. Grams. No, it definitely wasn't that. It yeah. was like one and it was 1.5 of lean body mass. Yeah, not not uh, total yeah. body. Yeah, mass. not total body weight. It was 1.5. So that's subtracting your body fat percentage. Right. I would I would agree with that. And you're right because people tend to think, oh, you know, now I have I'm on steroids. I need to double or triple my protein. Probably mm-hmm. way too much. Your ability to build more muscle on anabolics doesn't double. Right. You know what I mean? You might increase it by 10, 15%. doesn't double in speed. Right. It's just like when, uh, when you know, uh, women are pregnant with a baby and the baby's like, oh, you got to eat twice as much. No, no, no. It's not that much yeah. more. Yeah. It's like Calm another down. 200, 300 calories right. you know, at the most. So, no, I think you're. You, that's a good point. If you're on anabolics, you probably would benefit from a little bit more protein, not a ton more. But I remember I read that article and I'm like, I'm going to eat uh, 300 grams of protein a day. Uh, yeah. At the time I weighed... I don't know, 170 pounds. So I was aiming for close to, two, you know, to to double my body weight and protein, and um, all it did was fuck up my digestion. It was yeah. just, but I kept with it. I pushed it, you know, terrible smelling farts and just bad gas oh and all that God. stuff. But uh, uh, but it would it didn't add any more muscle. And I remember being extremely frustrated uh, because of you know because of that stupid article. Did- and there may be people listening who've tried that. You know, I know people who've done it and said they've built more muscle. To which my answer to them is always. Try keeping your calories at the same and then switching that protein out for carbs or fats and then see right. how you feel. Because I think the extra the reason why they're building more is just they bump their calories. Yeah, I really feel like there's, when I look at think of all the clients I've trained, I really think of three major avatars in, in relation to protein consumption. Either the, the cl- client A, uh, grossly under-consuming, just not getting enough calories, not getting enough uh, good protein source. That's one, and and then the best way to figure this out is to to take the numbers and the, what we're talking about, track it for a week or two, and and determine who you are. So that's client one. Uh, client two that was really common would be somebody who was grossly overconsuming. My com- and then my most common offenders were like my competitors, somebody who had been or someone like us, fitness trainers who mm-hmm. had been told or been into fitness for a long time and sold on the magic, you know, protein intake and are are, are grossly overconsuming. These people would benefit by reducing or having fasting days in there. And then the third common offender would actually be somebody who doesn't get enough variety of protein. Maybe they're hitting good targets and they've got they've found consistency in their diet. But it's and, all the same. But it's yeah, they're always eating chicken breast or they're always eating the, the same source and they're they're not getting enough fish or they're not getting enough beef or they're not getting enough white meat in there. They're not getting enough mm-hmm. rotate or getting seeds and nuts and things that have uh, other things that uh, contain protein and other uh, I think important micronutrients. So the, when I think of the three major avatars- That's uh, so it's perfect. Right? I, I would agree mm-hmm. 100%. Those are the three, I could probably put almost all my clients that I've ever trained- In one of those categories. In one of those camps. Right. So, yeah. and, and the best thing for you to do if you're listening right now is to uh, you know, diligently track your food for the next you know, week to two weeks minimum and, and be good about it. And don't try and 
do it to in, impress yourself or fool yourself into thinking you're doing better when you know track exactly how you eat so you get a good idea of you know what you're what you're consuming and how much or how little or how can the same thing over and and this too is how I like to teach people how to supplement I know we shit on supplements a, a lot but if I have somebody who doesn't do organ meat or do things like that there's, there's these are great people to use bone broth or collagen protein and mm-hmm. to incorporate that into their diet or if there's somebody who d- absolutely doesn't do any dairy like so pay attention to the sources of protein um, how much how much or how little and then make your adjustments right. accordingly now, now I know there's a lot of people out there still that think the main way that you get fat is because of carbohydrates and sugar and that's like the main source like people don't realize you can also get fat with a high protein diet as well absolutely oh. that's such a good point Justin excess calories uh, make it's you fat. calories so people who are like well my 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 carbs were low or my fat was low, like why wasn't I getting leaner or why was I gaining body fat? It's like, well, your calories were too high. And does protein have calories? Yes, it does. Like, like I said earlier in this episode, one gram of protein has four uh, you know, four calories per gram, uh, just like a carbohydrate. Now, if we were down there splitting hairs, protein's more thermogenic. You're less likely to gain body fat from protein because it, it, it burns more calories to utilize the protein than carbohydrates, but we're splitting hairs here. Yeah. But if you eat too much protein and your calories are too high, you're going to get fatter, even yeah. if your diet is con- con- almost entirely comprised of, you know, chicken breasts and, and you know, and you know, white rice and vegetables or whatever. You're still going to get fatter. Here's there's the other myths that we need to cover too, like um, the whole fast digesting versus slow digesting protein. Like mm. during mm-hmm. the day, oh, yeah. caffeine have, versus I've, weight. Oh, I can't believe we forgot the about great that. debate. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. still popular right now. It is. I still see the competitors. It's great marketing. You're right. I see them taking it's their brilliant their marketing. regular protein in the day, and then at night ten they're taking their yeah. slow digesting that's protein. Right. It is true that some certain types of protein will reach your body faster than other types of protein, like whey protein especially isolate, will hit your body faster than casein, for example, will. Um, yes, that's true. Uh, does that mean that they're, that you know eating the whey protein post-workout because you want fast amino acids and eating casein before you go to bed to give you that slow drip amino acids is going to make a difference? Nope, it's not going to make a difference. Um, uh, if All things being equal, the, the protein timing in terms of like when's, which one's fast, which one's slow, whatever – not going to make a difference. If you get better results from whey protein over casein, it's not because the whey is faster digesting. It's because whey may ha- be higher in you know branched amino acids, for example, uh, or has a better amino acid profile for your body or whatever. Oh, this is, is classic fitness industry right here, where mm-hmm. we take a little bit of science and then we build something around it and a case for it to do it, so we can market and sell the shit out of well, it. Well, imagine yeah. being the brilliant because the guy who came, the guy or girl who came up with that. Uh, I mean. Kudos to you. Brilliant marketing. Like, imagine they're sitting in this boardroom and they're like, okay, we've got whey protein, but we want to be able to sell more protein. We've already told people to take a post-workout. Like, what can we do? And then some scientist is like, well, casein, you know, takes about, you know, twice as long for the body to to utilize it. And then some guy raises his hand. What if we told people to buy casein so they could take it at night before bed so they have constant protein all night so they don't lose muscle while they're sleeping? Johnson, you get a raise. Yeah. (laughs) Brilliant. You know, and they came up with the strategy. So now you're getting 
three, you know, two different kinds of protein from the same company. Yeah. Like I buy my weight ball, I got to get the casein. It too. reminds me a lot of like the cereal hustle. You know, like they just had to get rid of wheat and corn, and like, huh? How can we do this? Yeah. It's part of your balanced breakfast. Yeah, a, a balanced what does complete, balanced mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Here's the other one. Um, you can only absorb what, what, whatever the number ranges. I've heard anywhere uh, between yeah. thirty to fifty grams of protein at a sitting. That one's my favorite. You can only you, if you eat more than that, your body will waste it. So you can only eat thirty to fifty grams of protein. That is the silliest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. I mean, if we go down that that road, that would mean that you could sit down and gorge on one hundred and fifty grams of protein and not worry about gaining any weight because I only absorb 40, 40 grams of it. You know? yeah. The rest <laughs> of it doesn't get up. Sweet. That, it's so silly. It, the, the the digestive process. It's slow, and no, you're going to digest and absorb all of it. Um, do you want to know how much protein is too much at one sitting? I think your body will tell you. You'll probably puke. Yeah. Like, that was too much. Yeah. I can't absorb it's all that. It's not going to work Speaking out of well. that, what are some signs uh, that your body tries to give you when you're over-consuming protein? Oh, mm-hmm. rumbly tummy? Yeah, yeah. Di- digestive yeah. issues are typically the, yeah. the big Gas. Ones. Bad breath. Horrible farts. Bad breath is another one. Like, yeah. too much protein, not enough carbohydrates or fats. You could start to have uh, your, your body's using too much of that protein and turning it into uh, through gluconeogenesis, and that causes some byproducts that come out in your breath, and so you'll have that that bodybuilder, you know, type breath. Um, what about this one? Uh, you need to be feeding yourself protein throughout the day so that you keep amino acids levels high in your body. Otherwise, your body will start yeah. consuming its muscle. You know, losing yeah. your muscles. Yeah. Totally false. What do you guys say to somebody who does this? This is another thing that I, I would see that um, track their protein. They know that um, and they have chosen to use one to two shakes almost every day to supplement for their protein intake. What do you? What problems do you see that occur with that? And and or is that okay? I I think it's okay, but a better option would be to get it from food. Right. I think food has always got to be your number one option. Because here's the thing with protein powders, even the healthiest, most organic protein powders are processed, ultra processed. Yeah. It doesn't get. It's it's almost one of the most processed foods that's out there. I mean, think about it. You are taking a powder. So this is not even like, where in nature does powdered food exist? It doesn't. You're taking a powder that uh, is been engineered to have mostly protein, because protein powder is trying to have just protein. So they've, tooken, they've taken all the other stuff out. Then it's added, you know, there's color in, added to it. It's got a crazy long shelf life. Mm. And it tastes like- Sucralose. Yeah, and it tastes like, like chocolate yeah. or vanilla or whatever. Birthday like, cake. Yeah. Here's, I, I've seen, there's beef protein. You can buy powdered beef protein, and it tastes like strawberry. Like you can't tell me there's not some scientific <laughs> wizard week. <laughs> you know, I've never had a steak that, that is like, magical. <laughs> it yeah. is. So I think going with with whole natural foods is your best bet. But back to the <clears throat> back to the the frequent protein feedings. Uh, split when we're splitting hairs. If you want to maximize protein synthesis, have protein every four to six hours is real, and that's splitting hairs. What I mean by that, you're not even going to notice a difference. This eating every other hour thing. Totally false. You don't need to have protein every two hours. In fact, some studies show that that desensitizes the body to protein. You actually use less of it than you think. Now, yeah. what about uh, is are there pros or cons of of pairing the protein with carbohydrates or fat? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no. Actually, uh, protein by itself spikes insulin, uh, like carbohydrates do sometimes. You guys know that. Yeah. If you did a whey protein, the people who are afraid of spiking insulin, mm-hmm. a whey protein shake will cause a spike of insulin, like if you ate. 
some candy or something like that. Right. So, so actually pairing it with a fat or carbohydrate is always more ideal. In, right? in, in that respect, yeah. If you're trying to be careful for your, your insulin level spiking or whatever, blood sugar levels, um, then yeah, you would want to pair it with something. But yeah, there's no there's no detriment to consuming it with other things. I, I think, you know, Adam, you make the comp, you make you say the statement. Um, there's no such thing as snacks. There's only complete or incomplete meals. Right. I find just protein by itself to be a bit of an incomplete meal. Yeah. Um, like, tell me in nature where just protein exists. It's pretty rare. You know what I mean? It's usually companies. It's, it usually comes with fat. Right. Oh, yeah. If anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's definitely paired with fat. Like even like if you talk about was the Inuits, like they'll eat uh, sources from like like seal and all these other like uh, you know readily available food, but it's always like paired with fat. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, here's a good tip uh, for people who have are high stress um, and 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 have issues with cortisol. I actually heard this from Jordan Peterson, who's a uh, psychologist, and he said for his anxious. For patients who are very anxious, um, he tries to stabilize their cortisol levels by having them eat a high-fat, high-protein breakfast because it balances out their blood sugar and keeps cortisol kind of stable. And um, I found this to be true with people mm-hmm. that I've, I've coached, uh, people who I talk to who have anxiety issues. I'll tell them to start their day with a, with a high-protein breakfast that's low in carbohydrates and has some fats. And the, this is anecdote, so I don't know if there's any science to support this, but the reports I'm getting are, are positive. People are like, oh yeah, I feel I feel better. I know I do in the morning when I have a, a protein breakfast versus a carbohydrate type of, uh, you know, base. Yeah, breakfast. that's interesting. And too, like, did we talk about the anabolic window and like how- That's another one, yeah. The, the hysteria towards after your workout, like having to, you know, shuttle your body and get, you know, protein in, you know, uh, Com, uh, combined with with carbohydrates for the glycogen. The irony of that—that's another example of the this little bit of science that the industry is twisted, <laughs> yeah. right? The irony of the people that are most consistent with doing that are the people that absolutely don't need it—the ones that are on anabolic steroids. That's right. Yeah, you're if at you're, the peak of your performance. Yeah, your shit's already through the roof, twenty four seven around the clock. It's already primed, ready to build muscle. Whether you eat it at two o'clock, five minutes after your workout, or four hours after your workout. Mm-hmm. Your body is already primed for it to to build muscle because you're taking something. Yeah, the studies show that that if you consume something right after workout, that you'll replenish the glycogen, which is the energy that's stored in your liver and your muscles. You'll replenish it faster. Um, now uh, that is true, but what they don't tell you is if you consume food two three hours later, you'll still replenish it the same. Right. So really, <laughs> really, the only benefit is for people who are going to exercise again. So like. For example, if you're doing our MAPS PED program, which is two-day-a-week, excuse me, two-time-a-day workouts, it would make sense to eat right after your workout because you're going to have another workout a few hours later. But for the average person working out once a day, it doesn't make any. It doesn't make a difference. I find I find it very. Uh, I don't find it. Um, I don't find there an advantage to it at all because when I, especially when I was even when I was competing, I would actually like to to stretch out before my next meal for an hour or two because I wanted to get the benefits of actually continued burning fat. Yep, I'm with you. Because first of all, and this is of course, these are arbitrary numbers by by me saying this, but they've shown that about 80 to 85% of your glycogen stores gets depleted when you work out, especially if you work out intensely. Mm -hmm. So my theory is, okay, I've completely depleted all my 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 glucose. Now my body wants to tap into another source of fuel, which ideally it goes over to fat. And so here I've got a great 
training session. That's awesome. Now uh, I'm completely depleted. Now my body's going to tap into fat. So, you know, why I go home and I shower and I get ready and change and then head back over to work and then maybe get a pick up a meal on the way. That time that I'm waiting to consume, you know, even though I'm not exercising, my body is utilizing fat as its primary source of fuel now. Well, too, it'll be in an inflammatory state, too, and then like really like pounding down, uh, you know, a protein shake. Like, wasn't there? Well, who was that? It was yeah, somebody it was about, interviewed. Yeah, it was about it, it inflames. Like, if you have any sort of gut problem to begin with, it's going to aggravate who it. Who was more. that that not, we interviewed when we first talked I about I believe, um, was it Ruscio? It might have been Ruscio. I'm not sure, but um, it makes perfect sense. If you have gut issues, You'll, you, I'll tell you what, I already noticed this because I battle with gut issues on and off. And when I'm in a, a state where my I'm not feeling so good with my gut, if I eat a big meal right after a really hard workout, terrible, yeah. terrible every time. And so when I, I don't remember who it was that explained this and they said, look, you have this, when you work out, you create lots of inflammation in the body. Not a bad thing. It's the, the inflammation. It's part is, of the process. Yeah, it's part of the signaling process. So you have this higher level of systemic inflammation including inflammation in the gut because it's systemic. That's not the good that's not a good time to then eat as much food as you possibly can or you know pound a easily digestible fast absorbing protein shake because the odds that you're that it, you're going it's going to leak through like like with leaky gut syndrome into your system and then your body starts to develop antibodies to that food are higher. And what you'll find and here's a funny thing We've talked about this on podcasts before. I get messages from people who tell me, wow, you know, the foods that I've become intolerant to are the foods yeah. that I always ate post-workout. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I've noticed the same thing. Like, I mean, uh, like because of the whey protein now, if I reintroduce that, like it, it, it does have a different effect on me now later in life. Yeah. So post-workout nutrition, not that big of a deal. The timing is not that big of a deal. And if you have gut issues, probably the wrong time. To eat, I would wait at least a couple hours and wait for the inflammation to kind of subside. Now, what about amino acid supplements? We we, we should probably mm. touch on this. I know we talked talked right. about this in a recent episode, uh, but it, this episode wouldn't be complete without us talking yeah, about Yeah, because they're real popular. I mean, mm -hmm. you see all kinds of different flavors and people sipping on them all, all day long. Yeah, no. Um, uh, um, if you're eating adequate protein, it's a complete waste of money. Yeah. You're not going to benefit from taking branched-chain amino acids or essential amino acid supplements. You're getting more than enough from your food. I mean, one, you know, one egg is going to have more, you know, uh, branched amino acids than your branched amino acids. And even if you are, okay, consume or not consuming enough protein, it's still almost a waste of money. You would need to be, and all the studies that point towards it being beneficial are all geared around like your endurance athlete, mm. somebody who is pushing the body beyond an hour, two hours of exercise, and also being under, not getting enough protein intake, that person, there has been some uh, muscle saving benefits mm -hmm. to doing that. But if you're somebody who just doesn't hit get enough protein for the day and you exercise, the the body doesn't want to tap into your muscle as a, a source That's of That's the last energy. place. It's the last place. It's it is not a place it wants to go. It would much rather utilize fat. Fat so, and your stored glycogen. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's gonna go to those places first. So the, this whole idea of consuming branch chain amino acids to make sure you save your muscle because mm -hmm. you're training so hard or you're you may not have got enough protein or you're a competitor 
who's competing and you're you're on a low calorie diet for six weeks, dude, you're eating so much protein as a competitor. You do not need to fucking worry about branched chain no. amino acids. And eating too many of individual amino acids will impair your body's ability to utilize all the other amino acids for uh, for essential functions. For example, consuming way too many branched amino acids could impair your body's ability to synthesize serotonin. And uh, too much branched amino acid supplementation has been implicated in uh, certain forms of depression. So for people listening who are like super hardcore into muscle building and they're consuming a lot of protein and they're sipping on tons of branched amino acids throughout the day, if you notice that you're starting to feel kind of down, it might be the branched amino acid supplement. Again, it's a waste of money unless you're not eating enough protein. And you know, vegans, vegans again, those are the people that I'll, I'll typically recommend these thing, these things to. But I'll tell you what, I'd much rather see a vegan just have a protein powder. You've got all the amino, all the amino acids in higher concentrations in there. Um, it just makes uh, you know much more sense. So I don't know if there's, there's I don't I think we got it all covered. Yeah. No, that's just another classic example of the industry taking a little bit of science and making something out of it. Right? It is yeah. so protein, not the magical macronutrient. But if you take the optimum amount and you're healthy, it will amplify or speed up the muscle building recovery process and enhance your performance. That's right. Track and find out. Figure out which one you are. That's it. Go to mindpumpfree.com and download our guides. We have quite a few on there that are absolutely free. You can also find us all on Instagram. You can find uh, Cowboy Justin at Mind Pump Justin. Yeah. You can find me at Mind Pump Sal, and you can find Adam at Mind Pump Adam. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.